1: See what FedEx can do for your business.
2: Absolutely, Positively FedEx. Tonight, our news, CBS News reporting. Russian troops move into the attack position as the U.S. closes its embassy in Ukraine's capital. Putin's fighter jets and warships continue war games, but the signals tonight that there's hope for diplomacy. And our report from inside Ukraine's biggest bomb shelter, the subway. Plus, how an invasion could affect the global economy and your wallet. The end of mandates. The news today that in the nation's capital, masks won't be needed in restaurants, but while they'll still be required in schools. Plus, our new CBS News poll. Police clear protesters. A key border crossing reopens, but only after it cost the auto industry nearly $1 billion. Plane crash. The search tonight for eight people after a small plane disappears off the coast of North Carolina. The latest details. Olympic doping scandal. Why a Russian teen is allowed to skate despite failing a drug test. And if she wins, why there won't be a medal ceremony. Super Bowl moments, the touchdowns, the halftime show, and the proposal. All the highlights from last night's big game. And a sweet story of a mother building a cookie empire for children with food allergies.
3: This
4: is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's
2: capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Monday night. And this week is Consequential. CBS News has learned the U.S. believes Vladimir Putin could invade Ukraine by week's end. The Pentagon says the Russian president hasn't made a final decision, but that should he choose to, he can move in with, quote, little or no warning. That's part of the reason the State Department is closing the embassy in Kiev and moving diplomats out of harm's way. We also learned today that Putin flooded the region with thousands of more troops and Russian units in Belarus moved into attack positions along Ukraine's northern border. And while the Russian buildup points to some kind of military action, President Biden and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says a window for diplomacy remains open. Now, invasion fears rattled financial markets and energy experts warn that a war will push gas prices even higher than they are now. CBS's Holly Williams is going to lead off our coverage tonight in Kyiv. Good evening, Holly.
3: Good evening, Nora. The State Department says it's temporarily closing the U.S. embassy here in Kyiv, Ukraine's capital, and moving operations to the city of Lviv near the Polish border as a security measure because of the, quote, dramatic acceleration in the buildup of Russian forces. Putin is ready to invade Ukraine. He wants to restore the Soviet Union. Arseniy Yatsenyuk is Ukraine's former prime minister, and tonight he put the chance of a Russian invasion at 50%. It's up to him to decide whether he wants to be remembered as Adolf Hitler in the global history. Are you comparing Vladimir Putin to Adolf Hitler? If he decides to invade Ukraine, this is the copycat scenario of Adolf Hitler in 1939. But in Moscow today, perhaps a signal that President Putin's looking for an off-ramp from this crisis. Russia's foreign minister urged him to allow more time for diplomacy in a televised exchange. Yet Russia's still moving forward with military drills in Belarus and on the Black Sea. A U.S. official told CBS News some Russian long-range artillery and rocket launchers have been moved into firing positions. Ukraine is now close to being encircled, U.S. officials say by roughly 130,000 Russian troops. The absence of panic in Ukraine is nothing short of surreal. Its people seem determined not to be intimidated commuters calmly made their way to work this morning, though Kiev's subway system is also effectively the city's biggest bomb shelter if there's an attack. It looks like business as usual, but scratch the surface and there's worry and a sense of being powerless. Andriy Tsaplyenko is a well-known war correspondent on Ukrainian TV, reporting on Ukraine's conflict with Russian-backed separatists. Thousands of the fallen are honoured at this memorial.
5: You have to be just prepared for this.
3: Saplienko told us a Russian invasion would be a bloodbath.
5: We fight for ourselves, for our for our freedom,
4: and this is the reason. This is the reason we will fight to the end.
3: A U.S. official said today that once an attack begins, knowledge of what's happening will dramatically decrease because America will have no people on the ground and no reconnaissance planes in the air. Nora.
2: Holly Williams and key for us tonight. Thank you. Well, White House officials today, were on Capitol Hill briefing Congress on the latest intelligence. We want to welcome Robert Costa, who's joining CBS News as our chief election and campaign correspondent. Today, he's been working the phones on Ukraine. Robert, welcome. So what are you learning about kind of the mood inside the White House?
5: Talking to lawmakers who spoke to Jake Sullivan today, heard his briefing, say he's on edge, the White House is restless. They wondered, what should they think about Lavrov's comments? And he said he doesn't buy it yet. It could be Russian subterfuge. They're also talking about sanctions. What's next? If Russia moves in, the question is, how does the U.S. respond? The White House right now would like to see a bipartisan response. But those talks are actually breaking down on Capitol Hill, still TBD.
2: You know, the war game's all going on. But at the same time, there's some real fears about what impact this can have on the global economy.
5: Well, the biggest fear is Ukraine's own economy, if Russia goes in. Right now, the United States privately is talking about maybe a $1 billion sovereign loan guarantee to try to shore up Ukraine's economy should Russia move in. Those talks are ongoing. At the same time, a lot of lawmakers in both parties worry 2022 on the horizon You have inflation, possible Federal uh, Reserve interest rate hikes coming along the way. To add war to this whole calculus for the midterms, everybody's nervous on Capitol Hill. Yeah, everybody watching closely.
2: Barbara Costa, welcome.
5: Thank you. you. Great to be here.
2: And on the pandemic front, the number of new COVID cases remains in steep decline. The seven-day average is now just over 175,000, down more than 78 percent since the Omicron peak in January. CBS's Nancy Chen reports COVID has surpassed cancer now to become the second leading cause of death in the U.S. Tonight, as cases continue to drop from the Omicron surge, the American Academy of
1: Pediatrics reports the number of new COVID cases among children is down nearly 53 percent from last week.
6: The number of cases in kids is clearly dropping quickly, just as it is in adults. Once again, pediatric cases mirror Overall cases among the population. The AAP
1: also recorded nearly 300,000 child COVID cases in the last week as parents of children under five learn they must wait even longer for them to be vaccinated. On Friday, Pfizer said it needs more time to gather trial data before seeking FDA emergency use authorization. In Washington, D.C. today, the mayor announced some businesses, including bars and restaurants, will no longer be required to check vaccine cards starting tomorrow. And the indoor mask mandate will be dialed back March 1st. But the requirements for schools and public transit remain in place. We have to be nimble um, if something should change, like it changed in December with a new, very contagious variant. In the last week, 11 states have made announcements rolling back their mask mandates, a CBS News poll shows a majority of Americans still support state mask mandates, including Lindsay, who didn't want us to use her last name. The New Yorker is immunocompromised and says it's too soon to remove mask mandates. I only go out to do mandatory things. And then with the lift of restrictions and mandates, it makes those things even more frightening um, and risky. And tonight, we are learning that just over 1,400 New York City workers were fired on Friday for failing to comply with the vaccine mandate. That's less than 1% of the city's workforce.
2: Nora. Nancy Chen, thank you. Well, the Coast Guard tonight is searching the ocean off the North Carolina coastline after finding a debris field where a small plane carrying eight people went down on Sunday. And this just in, the local sheriff's office says that the body of one person has been found and added that there's no indication that any of the people on board survived. The National Transportation Safety Board is investigating. All right, tonight, the so-called freedom convoy that shut down the busiest border crossing between the U.S. and Canada for nearly a week is over. But those protesting COVID mandates are still making a mess of streets in places like Ottawa. And that led Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to take a rare move, invoking emergency powers to end the demonstrations. CBS's Chris Van Cleve has all the new details.
7: A weekend of Canadian police pushing anti-vaccine mandate protesters away from the border allowed traffic and trade to resume across the Ambassador Bridge into Detroit Monday.
3: I believe they got that message out and they were able to do it peacefully and our community is moving on now.
7: The border closure caused production disruptions for automakers costing the industry close to a billion dollars in estimated losses. The bridge is open. Are you back in business? Back in business. I'm not at 100 percent. Paul Russo is slowly starting to deliver delayed metal shipments to Canadian auto plants. How long do you think it'll take you to clear out the backlog from just that last week? About three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah
4: you don't have the driver base. Where I used to move, say, 30 loads a day to Canada, I don't have 30 trucks now. Now i got 15.
7: Being able to drive across the Ambassador Bridge again is huge for trade. Every day this bridge handles more than $320 million in goods between the US and Canada in accounts for about 25% of all trade between the two countries. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is invoking never-before-used emergency powers to deal with the continuing protests in Ottawa and its several border crossings. Police in Alberta arrested 11 protesters and seized a cache of weapons, ammo and body armor. The border blockade in Emerson is threatening Simon Rush's duty-free business. The blockade uh, should persist. If it lasts much longer, it will be uh, the nail in the coffin. We learned today that Ontario, the province just across the river from Detroit, will drop some of its COVID restrictions this week. Leadership there says it has nothing to do with the ongoing protests. And a group of American truckers are pledging a cross-country protest convoy for next month. Nora.
2: Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Well, in Louisville, Kentucky tonight, a suspect is in custody in connection with a possible assassination attempt today on a Democratic mayoral candidate, Craig Greenberg. Police say a gunman walked into Greenberg's campaign headquarters and fired multiple shots at the candidate, one bullet hitting a piece of his clothing. Police have not determined the motive. CBS News has learned the FBI is now assisting with the investigation. All right, now to the controversy at the Olympics and the decision to allow Russia's team figure skating star to compete despite failing a drug test. Russian athletes are already competing under the shadow of a state-sponsored doping scandal. From 2014, CBS's Jamie Yukas has the latest from Beijing.
6: Reaction to the decision clearing Camila Valieva to compete in this week's solo event ranged from disappointment to anger, with former Olympian Johnny Weir tweeting she should not be allowed to compete against clean athletes. The IOC ruled that if the Russian star finishes in the top three, no flower ceremony and no medal ceremony will take place in Beijing. The medal ceremony for last week's team event, in which the Russians finished first ahead of the Americans, is also on hold for now.
4: You play with fire, you get burned. And here, Russia strikes again.
6: Travis Tigart is CEO of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency.
4: She's going to be skating with a dark cloud hanging over her head. But at the end of the day, other athletes are there who want the results to be final at the end of the competition. And have their national anthem played <laughs> yeah,
7: national <laughs>
6: we spoke with u.s figure skater nathan chen last week about potentially losing out on a ceremony
7: regardless of the color of the medal, and i think just Knowing, one, that U.S. has a medal, and two, to be able to share that moment and step on the podium and go through the whole ceremony together, it's really special.
6: Team USA continues to add to its medal count. Here she comes. Speed skater Erin Jackson, whose friend Brittany Bowe gave up her own spot so Jackson could compete, raced to gold in the 500 meters, becoming the first black woman to win a medal in her sport.
0: Erin Jackson's meteoric rise to the top.
6: In another win for Team USA, women's hockey beat Finland to head to the finals. It is the sixth time U.S. and its archrival Canada will
2: battle for the gold. Nora? Oh, yeah, I'm rooting for the U.S. women's hockey team. Jamie, thank you. All right, we go now from the capital of China to the new capital of the football world, Los Angeles. The city of angels is now the city of champions after their Los Angeles Rams beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20 in Super Bowl 56. CBS's Carter Evans has the highlights of the big game and that historic halftime show. Thanks.
4: That's Super Bowl MVP Cooper Cup with the game-winning touchdown at a showdown straight out of Hollywood.
7: Finally,
8: it is time for the Super Bowl!
4: Los Angeles delivered a star-studded Super Bowl. Jay-Z, Matt Damon, J-Lo, and Ben Affleck in the stands. West Coast makes some noise! LeBron James was loving every minute of the groundbreaking hip-hop halftime show led by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. In the final minute, the game was sealed by Aaron Donald.
1: I, I'm so happy. I wanted this so bad. I dreamed this, man. I dreamed this, and it's like,
0: it's surreal. Look at this.
4: An emotional victory for so many players and 36-year-old Sean McVay, now the youngest coach ever to win a Super Bowl. In addition to the Super Bowl ring, Rams safety Taylor Rapp had an engagement ring for his longtime girlfriend. And wide receiver Van Jefferson's wife went into labor during the game. By the end of the night, he was holding his newborn son. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford capped off the win with his girls in a shower of confetti, a perfect ending for the first Super Bowl at the Rams' new stadium.
6: Let's do it again. Let's do it again next year.
4: And the city of L.A. is so proud of this Super Bowl win that they're actually changing the Hollywood sign to read Rams House. They're also planning a victory parade to honor the team on Wednesday. Nora.
2: I can see the construction already underway. Carter Evans, thanks. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus, from your brain to your body. C4 Smart Energy does it all and tastes amazing look for smart energy in the beverage aisle at your local kroger albertson's and safeway grocery stores c for smart energy stay focused passengers aboard a flight from la to dc on sunday feared for their lives when an unruly passenger tried to storm the cockpit well, a quick-thinking American Airlines flight attendant grabbed a coffee pot and yet bashed the man in the head. A crowd of people held him down until the plane made an emergency landing in Kansas City. All right, breaking tonight, a man who has proclaimed his innocence for 44 years is celebrating his freedom. A Louisiana judge ruled today that Vincent Simmons did not get a fair trial when he was convicted in 1977 of attempted aggravated rape. The judge gave Simmons what he'd long been asking for, a new trial, but the district attorney said he won't retry Simmons, so Simmons went free. All right. Tributes continue to pour in tonight for producer and director Ivan Reitman, who died unexpectedly on Sunday. Reitman's numerous credits include the classic comedies Ghostbusters, Animal House, Kindergarten Cop and Space Jam. Reitman's movie making son Jason says his dad came from a family of survivors and he turned his legacy into laughter. Ivan Reitman was 75 years old. What better way to end this Valentine's Day than a sweet story about a mother's love for her child and cookies. Here's CBS's Elaine Cahano.
5: Sure
8: Denise Woodard knows rejection in business. You were rejected by not one, not two, but how many investors? At least 86. 86, that must have hurt. You know, it was. I took it pretty personal. But her mission was personal, too. Years ago, her baby Vivian ate a snack and ended up in the ER. That's how we learned that she's actually allergic to corn. And what went through your mind at that point? I realized that life-threatening food allergies are just that they're life-threatening and that I needed to come up with a solution to make her life a little easier. And the what? Yep. Vivian is one of an estimated 5.6 million children in the U.S. with a food allergy. In 2016, Woodard launched Partake Foods, a line of allergy-friendly cookies so kids wouldn't feel left out. But the company struggled until Woodard, the daughter of black and Korean parents, connected with black investors, including singer Rihanna and Jay-Z's venture capital fund today eight thousand retailers nationwide carry her products what do you hope vivian learns from watching you the fact that she thinks that's normal and that it's okay and can be celebrated is what i hope for her too hot tackling challenges baked into the industry and finding new ingredients for
2: success elaine quijano cbs news new york love a mompreneur on tomorrow's CBS Evening News, American Innovation, how a Tennessee middle school is dealing with the growing teacher shortage. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. Hope you have a happy Valentine's Day. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com/survey.
6: Look
4: around; you can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait, Auto Trader.